Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers the following five questions. How do you deal with a teen who is wanting to listen to music against what God teaches? How do you address depression in a 14-year-old boy? How would you go about separating mental health issues like anxiety and depression from behavior issues? My 15-year-old son is either on a phone or Xbox continuously, and when I try to get him to do anything else, he argues excessively. What do I do? And finally, what if your child won't even converse or recognize you? Let's listen in and hear Mark's answers to these questions. So how do you deal with a teen wanting to listen to music against what God teaches on their earphones? You know, I told him how I feel, but he still continues. And 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 this is from a mom. And mom, let me let me tell you this. You know, I, I want to give you a perspective a little bit. Um I accepted Christ at a Beach Boys concert when everybody thought they should have been eliminated. I saw the Beatles when I was in the third grade. Um, my wife and I, our first date was a, uh, I joke about it all the time that, that, um, that it was when this Christian band came to Tulsa and my mom drove Jan and I, when we were both in the ninth grade to see the concert and, the the group was Led Zeppelin. Um, and it's interesting to me that out of all the background I've had going to concerts all my life and seeing everything that I now speak at. Bill and Gloria Gaither's events that they have across the country. And, and uh, it just shows that some of the stuff you hang on to in your early years, you don't hang on to later on. And it moves somewhere different. And I, I want to give every parent the understanding that I think that music is more of an expression than it is an influence, which means this. That, that the tendency is to think if my son is listening or my daughter's listening to garbage music and it's, it's foul, it's, you know, it's idle words, it's cuss words, it's demeaning to, to women, to people, to, to anybody, that that is influencing them. And I would submit to you that there's probably more of a chance that it's not so much the influence other than your child has found a way to express what they're really feeling on the inside. And so just like behavior is the visible expression of these invisible issues in the life of a child, sometimes we want to control the music thinking that it's uh, influencing our child when really it's an expression. And what we ought to be doing is looking and saying, why does my son like that so much? Why do they embrace that? Why does my daughter like listening to music like that? Now, at the same time, I want you to know this. There's some music that I don't like. I'll tell you, I don't like rap music. I don't know why. I don't. I don't like Christian rap music. I I just don't like it. But you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't like country music. I love country music. There's a lot of people who don't like 80s and 90s music. I love 80s and 90s music. I love the old hits of the 60s and 70s. I I love a lot of kind of music, but there's some that I don't like at all. Matter of fact, my wife and I... um, just went to, to to New York recently to see Andrea Bocelli. And so, I mean, I'm all over the map. Now, the the issue is that, that I don't want to 
the music that somebody listens to during their adolescent years to ruin the relationship with the parent that can influence them in other ways. And so I'm going to take it this way. If you've got a 12, 13 or 14 year old daughter that is listening to music that that is vile and vulgar and everything else, and yes, I would control, but at some point you've got to say, look, this is up to you. You get to listen what you want to listen to. So if I give you this new set of beats, these new set of earphones or whatever, can we agree on a couple of things and, um, and maybe tie something to it? That if you listen to that, then you'll do okay talking to me and other times. I know what every parent feels about music because I hear it all the time. But your kids are living in a culture that is like that. And, and it is uh, vile and vulgar at times, and it's, and it's very demeaning, and, and uh, they're used to that. And they hear words a lot more, cuss words, a lot more than you and I did when we were growing up. And so I guess I would, I would encourage you and, and just say, you know, some of these things will take care of themselves. And you have to be a greater influence than the music. And so engage with them in such a way that you can be that. And you have to decide which hill you're going to die on. Um, and I have chosen, and I live with 60 high school kids that, that try to express themselves in music. And um, I've just learned that over a period of time that, that I'm going to leave it alone. And of course, I mean, the really vile stuff, everything else, Yes. But this is what I tied to it. I said, look, you get to listen to the music you want to listen to when you're on a treadmill or an elliptical or you're lifting weights or, or something, and you can put it in your earbuds where not everybody needs to hear it. So really, I'm giving up on one thing because I know that it'll change in hopes of getting something else because I know that if they work out, they'll lose weight, they'll fight depression, they'll sleep better at night, it'll help their anxious thoughts, they won't worry as much, and they're learning a wonderful coping skill. So that's how I've tied something to this music issue because I don't want to lose the relationship in the process. Somebody else asked another question, how do I address depression in a 14-year-old boy? And they said this, it's not clinical, but it appears to be brought on by the pandemic. You know what? If I was a 14-year-old kid, and the way that I socialize with people is by going to school and hanging out and spending time with them, I think I'd be pretty bummed as well that, that I don't get to go do all those things. And my socialization, what I've been created for to be in relationship with other people gets limited, then I think I would be a little bit depressed. And so, mom, let me, let me share this with you. This is what I would do. I'd try to get your child active doing something. You know, even in the midst of the pandemic, even as it starts to lighten up, activity is always good. Spend more time doing things outside. You know, watch some movies. Watch some movies that you pick. Watch some movies that they pick. You know, help teach them a hobby. Maybe teach them how to cook something. Not, not some of the food that, that you think, but some of the food that they really want. Something that's really different. You know, and the other thing is this, mom, learn how to play video games. If this is your son that is struggling a bit, then learn how to engage with him in such a way that affirms the relationship so that you can take him to a different place and help him. And I want to guarantee you this, the, this depression that's been caused by the pandemic, it's temporary. 
it's temporary and they're going to have the opportunity to pull out of it. So don't let this define what your relationship is with your child. Uh, A father asked me this question. He said, how do we go about separating mental health issues such as anger and depression, you know, from behavior issues? And let me, let me, uh, you know, share this with you that that behavior is an expression or may be an expression of those mental uh, those mental issues that your child has they there may be something that's connected to that 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 a child is doing things they may be smoking pot on the weekends because they're overly anxious or they may be just totally depressed and they and they want something different and so they take pills or they're stealing your liquor or wine or they're they're getting into your medicine cabinet and finding something to take because they they don't like feeling the way that they do. And so I'm not so sure that I would separate those. I think it's both and. I don't think it's either or. And both and would be this, that that one, I need to deal with the medical issues and the mental issues that they have and put them on medication if they have anxiety or depression and, and counseling is not working and we can't seem to get through it. But but the other part of it is is, is realizing that Behavior is an expression, and so I've got to control the behavior through the rules and and encouragement that I can give by giving rewards, and at the same time, deal with the main issues that a child may be going through. This becomes very important. Here's another question. My 15-year-old son is either on his phone or Xbox continuously. Um, He won't take breaks when I tell him to, and when I enforce the breaks, he argues excessively so, so what do I do? Okay, understand this, that that Xbox and phone is doing a number of things for your 15-year-old son. He can't drive anywhere. He's stuck at home. He feels somewhat awkward. Uh, everybody else is growing up around him. All the girls are developing a lot faster than the guys develop. He's trying to find his way, engage in some way. And so this Xbox and his phone becomes his entertainment. It becomes a relief from the stress that they feel in life. And that and that stress is caused by the culture that you and I have said as parents and as grandparents, and I'm glad that I don't have to grow up in this in this culture. Well, they get stressed out from that. And so that video game is one that that kind of helps them decompress a little bit because it's mindless. Are you following me? No, I'm, I, no it's a mother who asked this question. And most mothers will say, I, I, I don't understand how they get relief from playing video games. You know what? It's because they are wired differently than you. Isn't it amazing that it is young men who have issues with playing video games a little bit too much? Is that any surprise? I mean, men are created to be visually stimulated. But the other thing is this. It's amazing to me that, that the book Wild at Heart... Um, makes comments that that every man is looking for an adventure to live, a beauty to rescue, and a battle to fight. And John Eldred said it right. And I, th- I think what's happening is the attraction for young men to play video games is is because it, they get to live an adventure. They get to 
uh, fight for a beauty and they have, you know, they have a battle to fight as well. And, and I'm going, so it's meeting those needs of a young man. Now, am I saying that it's right? Nope. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think a kid ought to be spending 10 hours a day, you know, doing these video games, but it helps me understand the motivation for it. Now, here's the other thing. If they're on headsets and they're playing with somebody else, this is their connection. And so I think the way to approach it might be a little bit different because, Mom, I would tell you this. The second highest grouping of suicide um, rates uh, in the U.S. is 15-year-old boys. And so this is the way that they can express and de-stress and, and disengage and pass some time. But immediately when they get to play different sports and get a card and and get to go do other things, they will. Now, it, when it calms down around your family, I would ask your son, can we sit down and talk here for a minute? I mean, on a really good day, can we just sit down and talk? And I would tell him, you know, I don't, I don't want to treat you like a 12-year-old. And you know I don't like policing you. But I need you to tell me how you want me to handle it. Because it seems like every time I say the word no, that you fly off the handle and go nuts. And so tell me, what, what, what do I need to do differently? You tell me. Because in a few short months, you're going to be 16 years old. And if you continue to treat me this way, you'll never get a car. And you'll never drive mine. Because if you fly off the handle every time somebody says no, you're going to be in trouble. And so it's asking them, is this how it's going to be every time I say no? But you help me. You tell me. And I, and I think having that discussion might help a little bit because I would tell him that I'm, I'm not, not just thinking about, you know, what's happening right now. I'm thinking about over the next few years because I might have to tell you no. Okay, I hope that helps. A dad sent in this question and he said, what if your child won't even converse or recognize you? Um, you know, I, I think that's a, a hard one um, because it means that I need to do, uh, I'm going to tell you three things. Um, one, you need to look at yourself. And I, and I say that uh, not being critical of you or not um, saying that there's something wrong with you. I'm not saying that at all, but whatever you're doing or whatever uh, you're not doing, it's not working. And so you got to do something different. And, and, and I think the first place to look is you, because when Scripture talks about, you know, don't look at the speck in somebody else's side, but look at the log in your own. I ask yourself this question, Dad, and it, it may be something to ask your son as well, uh, or your daughter. I, it says child in this question, so I don't know whether it's a son or daughter. Um, but it may be asking them, hey, what am I doing in our relationship that keeps us from getting closer? What is it about me that... Uh, um, keeps our relationship from getting deeper. Um, what am I doing wrong with you? How could I do things right? What would you like for me to stop? Am I missing you in your heart? Am I too controlling and don't give you enough freedom? Do you think I'm too strict? What I'm doing is asking a bunch of questions so that a child can have the opportunity to uh, respond to those questions in hopes that that we can change our relationship. And and here's your answer to whatever they say. I know. I know I'm that way, and I want it to be different. Uh, 
hey, can we go do this or do that? Um, so you want to engage differently. The, the second thing you want to do is to ask the question, what is it about our home that's allowing this behavior to happen? Is there something about the way we engage that's that's pushing your child away from you? Are, are the rules too strict? Are you too controlling? Are you critical? Are you judgmental? Are you coming across as too much of an authoritarian? Do you not have a relational part of you? Are, are you kind of dorky and socially awkward? You know, I, I think it's asking those things. What is it in your home? Do you demand perfection from your child? And, and so those are things that push kids away. And so you have to just ask those questions. Now, the other thing is this. The third thing is this, is that what are the issues your child's dealing with? And how can you better meet those needs? Now, remember, behavior is a reflection of the invisible issues going on in the life of a child. So the behavior, you see, there's some reason why she's ignoring you uh, or he's ignoring you. Maybe something's happened. Maybe you've said something you don't even know that you did something wrong. And so asking yourself those questions and finding the answers and not be afraid to ask your spouse, not being afraid to ask your child, perhaps those are some of the ways that, that it would help you engage on a deeper level. Hey, I hope these answers have, have been helpful for you. I, I try to answer them in a very uh, positive way, understanding kids. At the same time, trying to figure out ways of things that you can give up so you can get further ahead in your relationship with your child, doing it, you know, with biblical principles, and at the same time, making sure that it's practical in the way that you engage with your child. Uh, I live with 60 high school kids. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I don't always get what I want, but I do always desire to move to a, a better place in a relationship because I know over time, the relationship is what's going to change a child. It's not going to be my rules. It's not going to be the consequences. It's not going to be that. It's going to be the relationship and the impact that I can have on a child. Hey, enjoy your day. Hope you have a, a, a wonderful, wonderful week. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit HeartlightMinistries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.